The Texas Podcast Union is back again for 2020. Our first stop will be in Houston at the Spring Street Beer and Wine Garden on February 22nd. You can head to the True Crime Fan Club Facebook page and click on Events to RSVP, or click on the Eventbrite link in our show notes. Make sure you do that as soon as possible because space is seriously limited. If you come, you'll get tons of free swag from your favorite Texas podcasters like me. I hope to see you there. Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. I want to thank you for your glowing response to the start of season two. You won't believe this, but I made a boo-boo. I'll address it later in the episode, but I am so excited to share this episode with you because we have a lot of great stories that were submitted. Some seem unbelievable, but then quickly turn into something you can actually imagine happening. Okay, ready to get spooked? Our first story comes from Sock Tacos, whose terrifying tale is unlike any I've ever heard before. When I was younger, the show Ghost Hunters was a new thing. I and my friend used to hang around the local ice rink in Flagstaff, Arizona, and call out spirits for fun. The first night was something I will never forget. The first night we saw a soda can get lifted and suspended in the air for a second, then drop. There was a shed next to the ice rink with a garage door. There was banging on the door and the lights came on inside. The only way to get in was the side door or the garage door, and neither had been opened. We started telling some other people about it, and next thing you know, people would come around the woods and Buffalo Park, next to the rink just to call out spirits. We've seen full-body apparitions with red eyes. Three people all saw a little girl turn into a wolf and run off into pitch-black darkness at the same time. We've had several people with us when we saw yellow darting eyes and heard a drum approach us and... At the very end, it was like somebody banged a drum right in front of us and everybody ran in fear. Some wild stuff happened. It's hard to get others to believe my stories, so I hardly tell them, but I know the truth and my friends know the truth. Anyways, years later, I went through a religious phase and became Christian after straightening my life out. While praying in my living room, my bedroom was tossed around. I heard my name being called by what sounded like a chorus. I had a demonic hiss in my ear that I could feel the breath of after I prayed for God to help me with my strange encounters. It stopped after that and didn't resume until another two years later. I was with my girlfriend at the time asleep in my room. When I woke up laying on my side, I saw what looked like black stripes of cloth 
that had a smoky texture to them above my girlfriend. Half awake, I reached over to her and shook her, and then I rolled over to see what looked like the Grim Reaper on my ceiling. It was a hooded large figure that was pitch black, smoky texture, but you could see the outline of its body like arms, head, torso. Its robes were moving like they were alive. It's the hardest thing to explain, but I felt that every part of this thing was alive. Like some sort of energy, you can sense it. It leaned down like it was trying to get a better look at me, and I completely lost it. My body automatically started to scream on its own, louder than I've ever screamed before, and I couldn't stop it. The feeling of fear I felt that day was the most surreal feeling I could never explain. It was so horrific and dreadful, the feeling that I had. My girlfriend woke up amongst my screams and she saw it as well and completely shut down, crying and hiding under the blanket while I shouted, Go away! Go away! Go away! Uncontrollably. It was like my brain knew what to do. My body went into action yelling and I just watched. I ended up passing out from the fear. The passing out was unusual. I've been on a plane that had an engine failure and almost crashed into trees, and the fear I felt from that, thinking I was certainly going to die, was still not even close to the feeling of fear this thing gave me. It was like my soul was afraid of it, not just my body and my mind. Anyways, after that encounter, we had a door pop open on its own after waking up at 3am, and that was the end of it for a long time. Fast forward to now, I live in an apartment with my daughter and her mother. We have not had much unusual stuff happen to us during the time we've been together. The only strange thing we had is we both woke up at 1.20am when my girlfriend was pregnant and her water broke minutes after. That one, I think, is just a strange coincidence. But the other night, I woke up and saw a dark figure rising out of the space between our closet and doorway. Thinking I was just half awake and still dreaming, I shrugged it off as just that. The following day, my girlfriend and I are home and start hearing serious banging on the bathroom door while in the living room watching TV. I rush to see why my girlfriend is making so much noise and we meet in the hallway. She was frustrated and asking why I would scare her like that. I told her I had just gotten up to see what the noise was and she gave me a frightened look and then just told me she didn't believe me and we got into some short argument about it. The next night, I'm awake in bed next to her and we are both on our phones when we hear what sounds like someone going through our kitchen drawers. The sound of silverware rustling around and the wood drawers sliding open was enough to make me get up and grab my Mossberg and my girlfriend to phone the police. I turn on my tack light and investigate for potential intruders. When I hit the kitchen, it's clear, but the kitchen drawers are opened, which is strange. I switch that light on and the living room light on and nothing. I check my daughter's playroom and the bathroom, all clear. I realize no windows have been opened, the front door is locked and not messed with. I tell my girlfriend to tell the dispatcher there was no break-in. They tell her they still want to send an officer out to follow up, but we decline and let the woman on the phone know we will call if needed. We make sure the house is clear one last time, talk about what happened, and go to sleep. 
Just this morning, I wake up with my girlfriend and we start our day as usual by heading into the kitchen to get our daughter's breakfast started and now everything is open, drawers and cabinets. Nothing is thrown out, nothing is taken or destroyed. We both know something is not right and we look into what we can do. My girlfriend found a shop that sells crystals and all that other crap and we get something called holy wood and candles. We are told to burn the candles while burning the holy wood and say a prayer while walking room to room with a burning holy wood. As far as this moment goes, I haven't seen or heard anything, but I am 100% sure something did attach itself to me at some point. All I'm hoping is this is the end and I have gotten rid of it. Wow, when I first read the story, it did seem really unbelievable, but I still chose to include it, mostly because the kitchen issues that were happening, that's all stemming from something else, and maybe it has to do with the fact that they were calling on ghosts in that area. Now, I would recommend an incredible amount of Palo Santo and cleansing your home whenever the energy fills off. I can't be the only one who notices a shift in energy in their home, right? If you feel the same thing, let me know. It's good to know that I'm not alone in that. So I meet a snafu last episode and incorrectly credited Love and Perfectly. In episode 21, Love and Perfectly story is really by Anthony. So Anthony, sorry about the mix up. This is actually Love and Perfectly story. just come home from the first summer of my freshman year of college. My parents were in the process of their divorce and both decided to vacate the house and leave me alone. I was angry, confused, and I felt abandoned by my own parents and refused to talk to either one of them. I hated being in the house alone. I never liked being there alone even when my parents were still together. Eventually, the foreclosure note appeared on the front door. My parents gave up on the house, and I felt like they gave up on me. With the short notice, I knew I wasn't going to have the money, so I decided on getting an apartment with my friends. There was about a two to three week waiting list, so we just stayed in the house leading up to moving into the apartment. They knew about some of my experiences in the house and had witnessed many things just for the short amount of time they stayed there with me. Do not play with Ouija boards. That's what everyone always says. We didn't have the real thing, so we made one from a piece of cardboard and a little whiskey glass as a planchette. This was all a joke to them. They were just asking random questions and getting random responses. Nothing too scary or serious. They were laughing and making fun of the entire situation. I felt uneasy the entire time. I knew what the house was capable of, and for some odd reason... I knew it was holding back. They got bored easily and eventually stopped playing. I was somewhat relieved. We were sitting around in the kitchen when we heard scraping on something coming from the living room. When we went to investigate, we saw the glass moving around the board by itself fairly fast. It was landing on different letters, but in a weird, repetitive way. I can still hear the sound in my head.
This was clearly terrifying and wasn't what or who we were previously making contact with. We grabbed a piece of paper and spelled out the words it was making. There are seven. At this point, most people would walk away, but we were all too intrigued. The house was starting to show its true nature. We positioned ourselves around the board and placed our fingers on the glass. I asked, who or what is the seven? It's spelled B-A-D, bad, and then spelled D-E-M-O-N-S, demons. I then asked who we were speaking to and it's spelled G-A-R-Y, Gary. My friend did not know this at the time, but I knew a Gary. I also knew that when he passed away that he had requested his ashes be spread in our woods because he had always loved to hunt and hike in them. This was done in a small private ceremony and the only thing marking where it was done was a small concrete deer statue placed by a tree deep into the woods. My emotions were all over the place and at that moment I really felt as if Gary was speaking to us. The energy was insane but there was a calmness at that moment. I had tears beginning to form when I asked Gary several more questions. In the course of these questions, we were able to determine that seven demons inhabited the land, inside the house, and on the porch. We also learned that there were bad and good spirits and that the bad trumped the good in numbers, but the good was stronger and kept me safe throughout my life. During this time, the board kind of switched gears and we also made contact with a man named Heishman. He only gave me his last name. Heishman was a popular name in our town and several Heishmans actually lived in the area. He had said he died in a car accident and gave us a cemetery which was in the town that he was buried in. He was apparently one of the good spirits that helped keep the bad spirits away. I was in disbelief and very intrigued. I was getting answers that I had been searching for since I was a child. However, one of my friends wanted more. He so desperately wanted to speak with the bad spirits and began taunting whatever or whoever was there. I urged him not to because I knew what the house was capable of. I even took my fingers off the glass because I didn't want my energy to mingle with whatever he was trying to contact. He told Gary and Heishman goodbye and said he wanted to talk to one of the bad spirits, clearly not the smartest guy. He kept demanding a name with no response. Even after everything he had just witnessed, he wanted more proof. He had a cigarette and dared one of the spirits to roll it off the board. If the spirit did this, he would give them a lighter to smoke it. Again, just taunting the house to show him more proof. But it happened. Not only did the cigarette roll off the board and onto the carpet, but it also rolled back onto the board. This means it had to roll up over the lumps separating the board from the carpet. We all immediately jumped back. Everyone's fingers came off the glass and the energy in the house became thick. The house was alive. The lights began to flicker. The sinks began to spit water full blast. The ceiling fan cords began to swing in circles. You could hear something stomping around on the porch. Whispers were coming from every corner of the house in the basement doors started to slam and the famous shadow figures from the catwalk in the basement were back. No matter how many times we apologized, it wouldn't stop. 
My house had five doors, one on each side and one leading out from the basement. We ran to the front door and it wouldn't open. Something was holding it closed. The only door we were able to get out of was one of the side doors, but it slammed behind us, nearly knocking my friend to the ground. Once we were outside, we could hear something running upon us on the porch. We all dove off the side stairs and into the grass. Whatever was on the porch kept running beside us while we were running for our car in the grass. I couldn't see it, but I could hear it. When we jumped in the car and started up the driveway, something hit the back of the window so hard I could see a hand imprint on the glass. We stayed at a friend's house that night, but I don't think either one of us actually slept. The events of that night were truly traumatizing. Reliving it now, my heart is pumping so hard because I remember feeling it all. We had to go back to the house eventually and it was a day we all dreaded. The doors were locked, we didn't lock them, but the inside was totally trashed. There was stuff everywhere. However, the Ouija board didn't look like it had ever moved. It was in the same spot we left it with a single cigarette lying in the middle of the board. The only thing that was different was the whiskey glass. It appeared to be on top of the number seven. We quickly grabbed all of the essential items that we needed for the apartment and left the bigger items for later. I would like to say that we never experienced anything again, but we were all convinced there was a lot of residual activity. The apartment we moved into was a somewhat new complex and there would just be a lot of odd things that would happen. I first started experiencing sleep paralysis around that time and I would occasionally wake up in the middle of the night to a dark figure standing in my doorway. From that point on, I never felt alone. I have never gone back to the house after I moved my stuff out. I know it foreclosed and I believed it was sold during an auction. I have no idea who the new occupants are. They were apparently not from the area. However, I still feel such a strong connection to the house. Whenever I visit my hometown, I feel a strong urge to go to it, to just drive past it, but I never do. It haunts my dreams often, and I am constantly reminded of it and of the spirits associated with it. I'm going to pause the spooky tales so you can hear a word from our sponsors. Wow, love, I would say that story is incredible. I can't even imagine having that gnawing feeling of needing to visit a place or being called to one. I wonder if the new homeowners have had any experiences with the sevens that they're willing to talk about or if they just chalk it up to lore. Our next story comes from horror writer me and before you think this is a work of fiction, he's the real deal and I would say this kind of has a happy ending. This is a simple encounter I had with a friendly spirit and I thought I might share. It's not a scary story, but it is tragic. I have often seen things I can't explain. I believe in the paranormal. I live on a farm in rural Australia and when we bought it, no one told us what had happened to the previous owner and why no one wanted to buy it. 
We fell in love with this place. My husband said this is what we want and it had everything we wanted. Most of all, I have these feelings about places and it felt right. Two days before we moved in, I dreamt I was on the farm and this elderly man invited me into the house. He had this really old-fashioned mustache and when I chatted to the new neighbors, they told me about the old boy and his handlebar mustache and I thought, okay, he is saying hello. There was one area I didn't like on the farm, but I didn't know why I had a bad feeling about it. We bought the place and I set about cleaning up the house. The old guy who lived there previously was a hoarder, so both houses were a mess. One day, I got so fed up with the mess and the filth, I threw one of the old guy's teapots at the wall in frustration. And as it broke, every door in the house slammed and things fell off the shelves. I couldn't see him, but I felt he was there. So I apologized to the old guy and then told him what our plans were for the house and the farm. I asked him to leave as this was our farm now and he could visit, but he mustn't be here all the time. I felt him leave and the house felt lighter. A few months later, I was still having a bad feeling about one area of the farm. No one had told us about how the old boy died, so I looked up his name on the internet. The area of the farm I didn't like was where the fire pit had been, and we decided from the off to leave this part barren and build a gate and holding pins on it. I found out that the old boy had fallen into the fire pit after a heart attack and died. His body had been badly burnt, but thankfully he was already dead when he fell in. I felt sorry for him after that. Sometimes when I'm on my own, I get a feeling he's around, and I smile and say hello to him. I get this really lovely feeling washing over me. One of his friends visited the farm and told us the old boy had been a hippie and would love the fact that the farm was owned by a couple of gay guys. There are other ghosts on the farm that I might write about later. Incredible, what a gift you have, and I hope that you share more stories, even if they aren't as friendly as this one. Our final story comes from X Method about a ghost who may be following them. So, I first begin to really speculate that I have an entity of some sort following me at around the age of 16 or 17. Now, I was in my room watching some Planet Earth-type documentary about polar bears at 1.30am when the shower in the bathroom right next to my room turned on. I didn't think much of it because my sister takes showers at pretty late times because it helps her sleep. The thing is that the shower was on for a good 30-40 to 40 minutes. She usually takes 10 to 15 minute showers before bed. I thought it was weird and I got up and checked on her. I got a really uneasy feeling in my chest when I opened the door and saw that the bathroom door was wide open and the lights were out. I went to investigate and the shower was just on. I don't really know how else to explain it, but it was just on. I turned it off and just thought to myself, huh, that's weird, and went back to watching the polar bears. I eventually fell asleep and the next morning I asked my sister, hey, did you like start up the shower and forget about it last night around 2am? 
She looked at me weird and said, I didn't get home till like 3 a.m. It sent a chill up my spine and I told her what happened. She agreed with me that it was weird and that she promises me that she didn't get home from hanging out with her friends until 3 a.m. Over the next few nights, nothing happened until about three to four days after the incident. This time, I was doing some schoolwork, procrastinating like usual at midnight to finish my work that was due the next day. Just like last time, the shower turned on. Again, didn't think much of it until it ran for a few minutes and I remembered what happened last time. I opened up my door to a dark bathroom with the shower on. Now at this point, I'm like, okay, this is not normal. And just as I turned on the light to go in and turn it off, the shower turned off on its own. I nearly shit myself. I froze in fear after what I just saw happen. My heart pounded and I got lightheaded. And soon after that, I started getting tunnel vision like I was going to pass out. I snapped out of it and shut the light off and slowly went back to bed, thinking about what the hell just happened. I was terrified. I never would have thought anything like this would have happened. And I recall not even sleeping the rest of the night. Now, after school the next day, I walked into my room to put my bag down and I instantly got hit with an awful smell as if something died in my wall or something. But after about five minutes of trying to find where the smell came from, it disappeared just like that. It was gone. I took a deep breath and laid my head down and eventually fell asleep. After that incident, not much happened after a while. I even forgot about what happened until a familiar sound came on when I was playing video games online with my buddies from school. But this time, it wasn't the familiar sound of the shower. It was my sink. My chest sank as I heard it turn on, thinking about what happened last time I went to investigate. Now me, being a stubborn, curious individual, I got up to investigate and just like that, lights off and the door was open. Nobody in my house in sight. I took a deep breath and went to turn it off. Now this time I took my phone with me and started to record with Snapchat. My friends were calling me a bullshitter over the game. I started recording and went in. I turned off the sink and right as I did that, all of the shampoo and body wash bottles fell off the side of the tub. I'll send you the video somehow. I showed everybody I knew, even my parents. Everybody said, ooh, ghost, or something stupid like that, but I was actually freaking out inside. Now a long time has passed since then. I graduated high school and enlisted in the US Army at 18. I went to Fort Jackson for basic training and had a swell time in there. Now, while I was there, I slept in a huge open room with roughly 60 other guys. We pulled something called Fire Guard where two different guys were woken up every hour through the whole night to take accountability of weapons and personnel. One would keep watch of the door and the other would clean. It was my turn to pull the shift and me and the guy I was up with agreed that I'd watch the door while he slept and took accountability. About 30 minutes in and struggling to stay awake, I hear a loud slam coming from the bathroom in the back. I turned around immediately and looked at the bathroom. Then I looked over at my buddy who was also looking over at the bathroom. The slam woke a few guys up and they looked at us. We were nowhere near the bathroom. My buddy went to go take a look and found no one in the bathroom. Me and my buddy and the other guys that got woken up all started to talk quietly about it. 
and all agreed that what just happened was unexplainable and came to the conclusion that something must have slammed one of the bathroom stall doors. We agreed to shut up about it and just keep it between us because word will spread and get to the drill sergeants and we didn't want to deal with whatever they were going to do with us. Nothing happened for the rest of basic and I graduated and went to get trained for my MOS at Fort Estes for the next six months. Absolutely nothing happened there except for the fact that I started to get sleep paralysis about halfway through my time there. I've had sleep paralysis a few times in my life, but at Fort Estes, I've never gotten it more times than I did in my life, ever. Now, usually during sleep paralysis, you hallucinate, you see figures and hear sounds that aren't actually there. And I know they're not actually there, but they still freaked me out. Anyways, after I graduated from there, I got orders to South Korea. I was excited, like, wow, I can't believe I'm getting paid to work and live in South Korea. I've been here for about 10 months. And in those 10 months, nothing too unusual has happened. I got sleep paralysis a couple of times here, but I assumed it was from the long hours and some stressful work days and never thought much of it. Now, about two nights ago, my roommate woke up early to go to a dentist appointment and our bathroom was trashed in the middle of the night when we were both sleeping. Our towels were on the floor, magazines in the shower and toilet paper everywhere. He woke up and was like, dude, you gotta see this. And I saw and I was a bit uneasy. Now I'm here writing this and putting my story out there. If anybody has any similar experience with the spirit following them, or if anybody can share how to get away with it, please let me know. Thanks for reading this book I just wrote. I'll probably just go to bed now and post a link to the video in the morning after I find it. Thank you. Okay, well, that's a pretty freaky uh, experience, if I do say so myself. It's incredible that the spirit has followed you across the ocean, essentially. And I wonder what has happened. I wonder if you maybe played with a Ouija board and there's something or, you know, something happened. I would love to know if there's anything else that you experienced or experienced before or maybe it's just residual energy from where you live that's following you for some reason i have no clue but i hope that somebody who's had the same experience with you shares that and i hope we can get the snapchat video that would be great okay well that wraps up this episode if you would like to submit your own spooky tale to be read on the show head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story Thank you for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help us out. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, on Instagram at it's haunted what now, or our website hauntedpod.com. Producer for the show and creepy tune creator is Nico, who manages We Talk of Dreams. Follow him on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or visit wetalkofdreams.com. The spookiest audio engineer is Ches Gray, who manages Ches Gray Multimedia. Until next time. Did you hear that? <laughs>